Welcome to the official Jets podcast. We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. We will be joined momentarily, as always, by the mad backer, Bart Scott. But we start in the studio with Jet Center. Connor McGovern, 5-2. and two. Who would have thought before the year? I think you would have thought that because I look back at a couple quotes from you last December, and you said, this thing is changing. The culture here is flipping. What did you see that maybe people on the outside didn't see? Uh, it starts off with you know the guys that uh, Joe Douglas and, and and the Johnsons have brought in. You know you could tell when guys were buying into what Coach Sala was was uh, preaching, and then it goes to Coach Sala, who I've always said is a true leader of men. And when you get the locker room to buy into to the common goal, to, to exactly what he's preaching, um, <clears throat> you can feel the tides start to turn. Um, every good team I've been on, whether it's you know high school, college, NFL, it's when the locker room comes together, starts playing for each other, and everybody starts buying into what the coaches are saying. So um, I <clears throat> started feeling that. You could, just, you could see it on the field and how guys are playing. Um, and now we're kind of uh, reaping the benefits of that. But this is your sixth year in the National Football League. You've never made the postseason before. Have you thought about the potential? Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's something <clears throat> we're still early in the season. There's yeah. a long, long season to go. But, you know, it is it is something that, you know, you kind of start letting your mind go. If you're sitting there on the couch one day and thinking <laughs> about it, you're like, man, we have, a, we have an opportunity in front of us. So, um, you know, I haven't been in this position all other but maybe once or twice in my career at at week seven where you know have a solid chance at you know really getting into the playoffs and and making a nice run um so to to be in this position it's special and i definitely don't want to take it for granted what was it like for you on the field on sunday you guys traveled to denver without elijah moore then Brees hall goes down Corey davis is out Elijah Vera Tucker goes out offensively. I mean, you guys had to basically tape it together. Yeah, you know, we we were without you know some of our biggest playmakers, um, you know, our best offensive linemen, and um, you know we were able to pull out the win. It's tough to have those guys go down on the field. You know, you hate to see it. You know, it's your your brothers in arms, and it's it's never easy. But um, it just kind of shows that how this whole team's bought in, and how the whole team has that common goal. Um, that no matter who, whoever's out there, you know, they're willing to do what it takes to win and and uh, fight for that common goal. How did Cedric play coming he in? Played for, well. Yeah, you know, he's a he's a freak athlete. He's a he's a first round pick. He's a, um, you know, he's a he's he's got the length. He's got the speed. He's got the size. Um, so yeah, he came in and, and definitely handled it and and uh, was played definitely good enough to win and, and a little better than that. So have you ever been involved in a situation before <laughs> where you've had so much line juggling, specifically at the tackle position? If you go all the way back to the spring. Yeah, you know, it. I don't know if I've ever been around um, around this much shuffling. You know, you're always going to have some shuffling, um, but to have this much from the spring to camp into the er- early season, because we're still in the you know the first half of the season, it's early. Um, to have this much shuffling, it's 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 a challenge that you know you don't want to have, but um, it's kind of what we're dealt with right now. And um, you know, I have no doubt that whoever's out there playing is is going to handle you know rise to the occasion. And and uh, you look at Nate, you know, he's been absolutely playing playing out of his mind. And Dwayne's out there with you know a bum shoulder, just playing awesome. And uh, so everybody that's come in has has done a really good job. 
Um, and it kind of goes back to the lot, the the way this locker room's built, the way guys are buying in, um, where they're, they're willing to do what it takes. What do you think about Dwayne's mentality? Like you said, he could have cashed cashed in and said, you know what, I, I don't feel that good. I get my paycheck, and it just didn't work out here. But he comes back, and he seems like people are gravitating towards him in the side of the locker room. 100%. You know, he. Uh, I remember the, the, the day after he did it, came into the locker room um, or into the training room. I was like, you know, what's the word? What are the docs saying? He's like, oh, they all want me to get surgery. I was like, how many opinions have you got? He's like, ah, like three or four. It's <laughs> like, everyone's surgery. He's like, yep. I was like, that's season ending. He's like, yep, season end ending. And then I just kept seeing him in the training room. No surgery, no surgery. And all of a sudden he's on the field. And uh, so I, it, I don't think people realize when – you know, shoot more than nine times out of ten. If if th two, three, four doctors tell you to get surgery, the guy gets surgery. So for him to, you know, at that point, not know us very well, not know the team very well, he had just gotten here. Really, it's just started to mesh, and for him to be willing to sacrifice like that, it it's huge, and it, it just goes back to the testament of you know what guys are willing to do to to get this team rolling and get 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 some wins on the board and, and and it's something that you know you see a guy sacrificing like that it's easy to get behind it's interesting because we talked in the spring and you said after free agency the early stages that you thought joe douglas should be like the executive of the year already because he liked the group of players yeah. he brought in that was prior to the draft <clears throat> this draft class has been something else the last I, I've been telling you, these last two draft classes have been, you know, remarkable. Um, and when you hit two drafts like that, you know, there's no re, there's no wonder you're winning a lot. If you can, you, if you can win on draft day and in free agency the way we won. I mean, we went from you know, you know, one of the youngest, if not the youngest, team to now we're middle of the pack. Um, <clears throat> and then not only are we the middle of the pack on guy like age group, but our young guys are just playing out of their minds. Yeah. So. You know, <clears throat> when you can win free agency and win the draft, and then obviously your head coach is, is doing a great job, you know, developing guys, this is the kind of the, the spot you're putting your team in. So they've done a phenomenal job. Uh, Brees Hall had a 62-yard scoring run yeah. against the Broncos. He was well on his way to his second consecutive 100-yard effort, four consecutive games with a rush touchdown. How bad do you feel for him personally now that he's going to miss the rest of the year? How special of a player is he, and how much are you looking forward to what's ahead for him? Yeah, he's remarkable. He's an absolute playmaker, um, a guy where you can you can see where I think he was a two-time All-American or whatever it is. Uh, so you can see that come through. He's just an absolute ball player. He makes plays happen, and you know you you feel bad, you feel terrible for him. I, I talked to him after the game, and I told him he was like, "You're, you're." good enough athlete you'll come back better than ever I mean you're gonna <clears throat> he took a lot of hits in college he you know he's I think he was Iowa State's the only guy that ever touched the ball at Iowa State so <laughs> for him to take that many reps and then come to the NFL you know he's gonna rehab the knee really well he's a freak athlete he's young healthy he'll come back fast he'll be able to rest his body while he's doing it and and uh next year he'll be even better than he was this year can you talk about the faith and belief that you guys have in the other guys in the backfield, starting of course with Michael Carter. Oh, yeah. I mean, Michael Carter is a freak too. You know, yeah. he's an he's an amazing player. Um, you know, 
<clears throat> obviously this year, you know, Brees has kind of got gotten a little bit of the spotlight um, over MC, but now it's MC's time time to kind of take that back. And you know, like everyone saw last year, he do, he does really well in the spotlight. So, um, and then you got Ty Johnson, who I I think is a phenomenal running back. You know, he has some unmatched speed. The way he can come out of the backfield and and make plays in the pass game as well. Um, you know, we have a we have a really good running backs room and. Um, so it'll be exciting to see those guys get a little bit more opportunity. But MC's the real deal as well. Yeah, no doubt about that. Is it weird for you to go back to Denver? You started your career there three years. Now it's your third season with the Jets. You did it last year in week three. So is it old hat by now? <laughs> yeah, so last year is definitely a little bit uh, more weird. This year wasn't weird. It just kind of felt like a, another road game where I knew a little bit more people on the sidelines than before. So um, this year wasn't wasn't quite as different. But I will say last year, it was a little weird to be back in that stadium on the other side for sure. Yeah, um, you had family in attendance, right? Because yep, they're not yep. too far away. Nope. Can, can we talk about where you grew up and how people continue to support you <laughs> yeah growing up in far north dakota um so my my parents have been incredibly supportive um you know my dad's about half retired now so they get my parents love to travel so they enjoy going to the games and coming out here and seeing family on the east coast and then going to denver seeing some um lifelong friends they have in denver and um yeah my parents have really been really been supportive my whole career they came to every home college game um, and then my senior year they kind of did the same thing with with traveling and kind of seeing you know there's so many cool places to visit for the college atmosphere right um, so my parents have really really been uh, huge huge supporters and then you know going back to Green Bay uh, my wife grew up about 45 minutes south of Green Bay so we had about 30 family members at the Green Bay game um, so yeah my I uh, um, definitely have the most supportive family on both sides. My family and my wife's family are, are uh, extremely supportive. So to have a, you know, about 30 lifelong Green Bay Packers fans all in Jets gear uh, when you're playing the Packers is, uh, is definitely a testament to their support. That's awesome. How cool is it when you guys pack up, get on the charter, like that feeling right now? Sauce Gardner after the game said Road Warriors. You guys have went into some very good environments and come home with victories. 4-0 and on the road so far. Yeah, we've played in some of the the, the most hostile environments and and been coming out you know victorious, which is which is nice. You know Pittsburgh, notoriously top five <laughs> hardest places. Mile High, notorious top mm-hmm. five. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, yeah, Lambos. Cleveland's got a very good fan Cleveland, base. Cleveland, the dog pound. Yeah. Cleveland, and then you know Lambo's Lambo. So um, you know, I think all we're missing in the top five is is Seattle, which we have that one at the end of the year, <laughs> and then Kansas City. So. Um, you know, it's been remarkable, and it, it just kind of it goes back to that the the testament of this team and the resilience that this this locker room has, and and the way we've bought in. And um, you know, there's not a Sunday that 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 happens that we didn't we didn't think we we're going to win. So um, you know, everybody's confidence is high, and um, my opinion, confidence is key. You know, if you you have to go into every game believing you're going to win, and you can just feel it in the locker room that. You know, it's more than a belief. Everybody is pretty is extremely confident. This is your sixth professional season. How important is legacy for you? Because the thing that struck me also about some of your comments last year is you said in 10, 15 years, I want to look back and say I put in the work and this team eventually got over the hump. Yeah, it, it's something that, you know, it would, you know, mean a lot to me. It's something I got to be a part of. Um, 
in high school. It's something that, you know, we kind of got to do in college, had a couple of rough seasons when we first got to the SEC, and then we kind of uh, bumped it up. And then to do it here in, in, in New York and, you know, the biggest city, the big, the one of the best fan bases, to be able to bring that back, it, it'd be huge. And, you know, more than anything, it'd just be fun. You know, it's 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 a place where, you know, when the, the people are behind you, they're incredibly supportive. Um, and to, to, to be able to go into this, this you know, market and this team and, and start winning, um, it is special. We're doing it. So um, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. What's the difference in Zach Wilson in, in year two? 4-0 as a starter. Everybody points to the passing statistics. And right now, obviously, you guys are going to need more balance down the line. But you're playing winning football. And you went into a Denver building yesterday the Broncos were giving up 10 points a game at home no matter who you lost on the field I thought there were going to be at times you knew that hey listen we got to be patient we got to keep on grinding yeah you know I you know there's a lot of different ways to win a football game and you know Zach is is been playing phenomenal he's been playing he's been doing what it takes to win you know whether it, and he hasn't had to throw for 300 yards to win football games and um you know, I think when people start looking at stats, you know, they're just kind of digging for ways to, to, to kind of split split the locker room or whatever. Mm. You know, as long as the only thing that matters and the one goal that we all have is to win. And if you're winning, you're doing you're doing it right now. Is there, there's always things you can do to get better and you can always improve. Um, but, you know, one thing about Zach is he's not worried about his stats. The only stat that Zach cares about is winning. Um, and and he knows that the other stuff will come. You know, our formula right now is kind of wear people down and then in the fourth quarter score more points than the other team. And, um, you know, that the way a huge part about that is the run game, obviously, but our defense allows us to do that. Yeah. You know, our defense is holding us in every game so that when, it, when we finally have kind of – you know, given enough body blows and the de- the other team's defense starts to kind of give us an inch and we can take a mile. But, you know, without our defense playing the way they're playing, we wouldn't be able to do that. So, you know, this formula has been working for us right now. Um, you know, who knows what it's going to take next Sunday and the Sunday after that. Um, but I have, you know, the confidence that Zach has in himself um, and the confidence we have in Zach, I have no doubt if, if there needs to be a game where he has to throw, you know, 30, 40 times, I really hope he doesn't because that makes my life a lot harder. <laughs> but if, it, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. Um, I've no, I have no doubt he can do it, and I know the O-line can, uh, can hold up and do that as well. How impressive is it for you guys as a unit, though? That's three consecutive games without a turnover. That's pretty rare in the National Football League, that type of ball security yeah you know it's something that uh coach Sala also preaches and and every every coach I've ever been around talks about how important the ball is obviously and and ball security Um, but to have the guys buy in and and do everything they possibly can to make sure that ball stays in our hands and our defense is doing everything they possibly can to make sure the ball gets back in our hands um you know that's that's another another good recipe for winning football if you can be positive in the turnover margin i don't know i think the stats are like 60 70 80 percent right it just just being plus one in the turnover margin to win let alone plus two or plus three which you know i I think last week we were plus one but the weeks before we were plus two or whatever so um the statistics you know every turnover you get in the positive like the the percentage wise it jumps is huge so you are a workout fanatic so do you like the mentality of this team like you talked about the body blows the body blows Salah always talks about taking other teams into deep water right now it seems like the New York Jets for 60 minutes 
they're going to be standing toe to toe in the ring swinging. Yeah, you know it's 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 the type of uh, boxing matches I like to watch, and it, it, so to be able to go out and and do the comparable thing in in a football game is pretty fun, and uh, it's it's it it's you know. If I could, the, any old lineman I think would pick that way to win football games. Just grind it out. Make sure that the the coaches have trust in the old line. That you know, you know, you maybe hit the first couple runs are one, two, three yards, but just have the trust in us and the confidence in us that we're going to keep going. We're going to keep at it. We're going to keep pounding. And then those three runs turn into six yard. The four yards turn into ten, and so on and so forth. And um, you know, <clears throat> especially as the Saul always preaches as the the season goes on and the weather gets cold, you know those body blows hurt even more. Yeah. And and you know you you see when you know they were in, this staff was in San Francisco, um, that's kind of what the the mentality that they had. I mean, obviously San Francisco is still head coach and same system, but you know they go in and they go to Lambo in whatever it was nineteen or. 21 i don't remember the year but they ran almost rushed for 300 yards in the green bay packers in in um whatever was late december early january or what a mid-january in lambo to be able to do that so you know that's kind of mentality we have and um what we want to be able to do (coughs) and so i think old jets fans are thinking about teams in 09 and 010 yeah they used to say ground and pound and then the Jets had an elite defense. Yeah. Different teams, different rosters, different players, obviously, but there's similarities there. Yep, for sure. And then I, you know, that formula has won a lot of football games for a long time in the NFL. Um, the big, flashy, you know, 500 yards of offense wins as well. But this is, you know, the the other way to win. And you know, I think that this fan base kind of would would buy in on this kind of way to win. It kind of seems to fit the the Jets moniker. So I love that. Um, how are you going to take in Patriots-Bears tonight? Patriots, you guys have at home next week, first time this season. And actually, as far as a three-game stretch, you got three games coming up inside the division, two of them against the Patriots. Yeah, it's, it's huge. These next three games are, you know, every game is big. Divisional games are really big. But to have three divisional games all back-to-back, um, you know, that are really going to, you know, affect how this division plays out when it comes to the postseason. I, know, I think these are the the biggest three game stretch we have. So, well, um, it, it's 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 big for us these next three games, and um, so it, it you know nobody's taking them lightly by any means. Um, everyone's really excited. That's something that Salah stressed to you guys throughout the off season, right? We got to close the gap inside the AFC East. You exactly. guys took care of business already against Miami. It's such an interesting spot in the schedule because three home games against division teams prior to the bye, and yep. then you see all those guys after the bye on the road. Yeah, yeah. you know, I think, you know, our schedule has been, you know, a lot more favorable this year than it has been in the past. Um, we're not going out west a bunch. We're, um, you know, we kind of got some couple of home games in a row here and get the divisional teams at home first so we can, you know, try to use that home field advantage and get a leg up. So um, we have a favorable schedule and, and, you know, we've been capitalizing on it and for, um, capitalizing on it for, for now. And we just got to keep using it to our advantage and, um, you know, just keep pounding. All right. Lastly, let's end here. A couple personal notes. The Able games, how are things going there? And again, give us a refresher because I think some people are familiar with it, but for those who aren't, I want people to know that what you're doing, what you're involved in, and how many years you've been doing it. Yeah, so the Able games is going awesome. Um, you know, the big thing now is is kind of what we've 
you know, morphed the Able Games into and is, is now Able, and it's it's the school curriculum. And we're actually coming out and having a, a day on November 15th, I believe is the exact date, um, we're going to try to start bringing it into schools out here. So we're kind of doing a demo at a, at a local high school out here. And um, it's been going awesome. You know, we have, uh, you know, there's state, we're adding states every day. And, and so it's, it's been huge. And, and the amount of support we've gotten, um, ABLE's been just absolutely taken off. And then with that, that just lays the foundation for the ABLE games to be bigger and better than, than ever. So, you know, ABLE is, a school curriculum that goes in it's it's a, a physical education credit um, towards um, the high school and it's where so it would be like a PE class where a um, person without special needs and then a student or a student without special needs and a student with special needs partner up and they do a, a lot of it's kind of like physical fitness and just right. getting more more than just like playing dodgeball in your class there's some fun, there's a lot of fun aspects but it's more of a working out together and um, you know one of the remarkable things I saw is the, the high school in Moorhead Minnesota has been doing this for a while before Abel had started so to see how their students interacted with the special needs students versus a school that had just started this program was remarkable. Yeah. And I think that's an aspect. Not only are we helping people with special needs, you know, get healthier, move around more, um, you know, learn, be able to be physically fit to do a vocation. Um, you're also allow it's a, it's a two-way street to get because the ultimate goal is to um, help people with special needs get into the workforce. So it starts with teaching. We are in high school. We give them an outlet to go compete with the Able Games because I'm a big believer in competition. Yep. And then they get to compete. They get to show off their ability. And then they get to train into a vocation. And when you have people that feel extremely comfortable with working with people with special needs and a special needs person, it allows them to have the most success they possibly can in any aspect of life, whether that's a vocation or sports or what have you. So um, it's a two-way street because... Um, you know, people that don't have a lot of familiarity with working with people with special needs, it can be a little bit stressful. It takes a little bit of a different um, skill set than um, something else. So it's it's something that, you know, we hope to build um, through ABLE. And then, uh, yeah, so there's a million things going on right now, but it's all going really, really well. Well, congrats for getting and, into exciting. the schools because that is huge. And but the able games themselves. Yep. What are they, and and, and when do they happen? So they happen in the springtime, so that uh, I can be a part of it, and we can get <laughs> as many football guys there. But it's a it's a uh, phys physical fitness competition um, that helps all, uh, or it encompasses every. Um, person, it's it's fully scalable, from somebody that you know could, could compete in the CrossFit Games to somebody that um, has is bound to a wheelchair. Hmm. Um, where you're able to scale every workout, and that the trainers there and the the people that write the programs, it's remarkable how well they can tie in. And on the same floor, you see somebody, you know, that's a. a could be a CrossFit Games competitor walking hands like doing handstand walks, and then on the other end of the the floor, there's somebody in a wheelchair throwing a med ball and then uh, going after it, throwing the med ball and doing the same length. Um, but you know they're matching what muscles they are using. You know it's using their shoulders and their arms to throw the med ball, just like the person that's doing the handstand walk is is using to do the handstand walk. So. Um, 
to see the able games and you know hopefully we can we can have an event out here eventually um right now there's only one in north dakota but it, it's growing you know i think where able spreads into the schools able games will come yep. and uh it, it's it it's truly life-changing to see and then to see the smiles on um everybody's faces and the camaraderie and and the people cheering everybody on and you know there's somebody that just you know gave everything they had on a deadlift workout but they crawl their way down the floor to go cheer that last person on uh, as they finish their workout. It's it's something really special and, and uh, hope to bring to, to everybody. That is awesome. Um, you are a gym rat. You've always been. I, I, I do love it. Yeah. You've always been a gym rat. As, as far as the CrossFit is concerned, how have you been able to keep weight on? You know, because a lot of people CrossFit, they're jacked up. Yeah. But th- they don't have the mass because... Uh, CrossFit, you have so, so many workouts, and a lot of it is fast and explosive, right? Yeah, so I, I definitely modify a lot <laughs> of it um, and kind of tweak it to to what an old line does, a low lineman does. You know, we have such a weird job. It's you know a wide out. They they run a lot. They're still running, and you know for us, it's you know it's kind of like you're you're doing a three second burst of pushing a car or something. So it's hard <laughs> to train for and. And going out, and you obviously need a good cardiovascular base, but just going out and running, you're building, you're using different energy systems and stuff. So CrossFit, I, I kind of found in, in that kind of realm ways to more mimic, um, you know, what we do every day as an offensive lineman. Um, and then so stay strong in that way, but also train that, you know, it's a lot of, I do a lot of like repetitions of something that takes like three to six seconds and just do a lot of them with like a 45 second break. And um, so I really enjoy it. Um, it's been fun trying to tweak. Um, I've been really blessed to be around a lot of amazing uh, strength conditioning coaches and to be able to tweak everything that I've learned in, in all the uh, newspaper or, uh, magazine articles and internet articles now that I've read and yeah. kind of try to make it my own is, is really fun, and I really enjoy that. Well, you're a freak, so if anybody sees you at the gym, they, they can be like, oh, my God, that dude over there. <laughs> so, so let's end here with a little fun. Uh, all-time top bench. My all-time top bench was is only 495 because I was going for the school record. Me and Mitch Morris were going head to head for the school record. Buffalo Bill Center. Buffalo Bill Center going head to head for the the record of uh, we're going to try to both hit 520 because the record or maybe it was 525. The record was 520 or we're going for 520 and the record was 515. And at 495, uh, I had torn my pack. And so we both had to shut it down. So uh, Mitch blames me for not having the the school bench record. Um, but and I think I've asked you that before. Obviously, he doesn't do that anymore. No, but no, no. way back in the day, yeah, yes. back in the day, we were going head to head. So the best I've ever hit was I hit 495 one other time. So how about squat? My best squat, my single best squat was a 720. Um, but like for the numbers thing, the best squat I ever hit, which is a school record at Mizzou, was I did 690 for five. You get that on video? Uh, yeah, somewhere it's an old video. <laughs> bad, you know, before camera phones are really good. It's it's grainy and everyone's yelling. You can barely see what's going on. But what about somewhere. deadlift? My best deadlift is about I think I pulled a, a 750 one time or 740 somewhere in there. Damn. So at the end of the day, when you're not playing anymore. You gonna be crushing it in the gym still? Yeah, I, I, I think I will. My, we're uh, the house we're building right now back in front of North Dakota. We have a, a big gym set up. My wife is 
also way into uh, physical fitness. She was uh, when we were in Denver. She uh, was a fitness instructor at instructor at three different places. So um, she's way into it. I know when you know life kind of slows down a little bit. She wants to get back into um, instructing stuff so who's designing um, the gym you or her so it's it's uh <laughs> it's attached to the garage and so there's two floors so the bottom floor is mine and then the top floor is hers so that's pretty sweet yep it's a uh, yep so. we're gonna have to come out there and do a feature yeah it'll be fun it'll be fun <laughs> when it's done it'll be really fun connor uh great catching up as always man thank you thanks for having me WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, they have what you need to win. Jets fans in New Jersey, sign up today and use promo code XJETS. And after placing your first $100 wager, you will receive $100 to bet with. You will receive a $50 free bet and a $50 casino bonus. Again, the promo code is XJETS. Offer subject to change. Offer only available in New Jersey. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older to participate. Please visit winbet.com to view welcome offers available in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. You're watching the official Jets podcast. We are presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. As I mentioned at the top of the pod, we are now joined by Bart Scott. In fact, this is the second time we're taping this because the New York Jets went out and made a trade Monday night. What did you think about the acquisition by Joe Douglas getting Jacksonville Jaguars back, James Robinson? I think it's a symbol to the locker room that we're trying to win now. And, you know, we understand that this is a season where we can you know, maybe make some noise and compete for the playoffs. And it'd be great for a young group um, to go in and a wide open, not only just AFC, but wide open NFL altogether. And bringing a guy like James Robinson, who's only 24, 25 years old, I believe, you know, means that you're, you're getting a good player, a proven player, a Pro Bowl player, or not a Pro Bowl player, a rookie of the year player. And, you know, he replaces not the speed of, Brees Hall, but the physicality, you know, being 5'9", 220 pounds, you know, he's a guy that, you know, that can move the sticks. You know, Michael Carter is a lighter back, a smaller back. This gives you kind of that thunder lightning type of dynamic. And, of course, moving Ty Johnson into there, we know that he's a guy that can play at a high level. So, I mean, I think it's a win-win. Cam Akers is, to me, pretty much almost like, uh, like Michael Carter. And Kareem Hunt probably would have cost you a boatload, and Cleveland's still holding on to hope, I believe, that they can still make a run if they stay close enough with Deshaun Watson coming off you know, of suspension the 11th week. How do you think this is going to develop over time, what you have in the backfield with Carter, with Robinson, with Ty Johnson? Uh, Brees Hall, he's spectacular, of course, of late. They had the 62-yard touchdown run against the Broncos. The Jets' only touchdown in that game. He's had four consecutive games with rush touchdowns. Such a threat out of the backfield as a receiver. And also, he gives you that dimension of being a home run hitter. Now, what is that backfield going to look like in terms of distribution in your eyes, Bart? I think you always have to keep Michael Carter hitched down. We know that he's had a history of concussions, and you don't want to overexpose him that way as well. 
Um, I think Ty Johnson, it means that you have to keep three running backs up lively. You know, I don't know if Robinson has any experience in really playing special teams, but if he was coming in as an undrafted free agent, I'm assuming that he played forms of special teams. You know, want to be able to get players that can do multiple things to help you in different areas. You know, who knows if he can return kickoffs or anything like that as well. Uh, you want to try and just get all the talent that he has and put him in positions to be successful. I know that Ty Johnson can catch the ball fluidly. I know Michael Carter can. I'm not sure if Robinson is a natural catcher of the ball, um, but that was a huge part of what Brees did, you know, being able to, you know, win the one-on-one matchups with linebackers and receivers, I mean, linebackers and safeties. You know, his presence will be missed in the passing game just as much as it is in the running game. What does that offense have to do moving forward? Not only this week against the Patriots, buddy, but – over the course of these final 10 games, because you could make an argument that these were the two best offensive players the Jets had on the roster in Brees Hall and then Elijah Vera Tucker, who's done everything for this team along that offensive line here in the five and five and two start. Well, for me, like I say all the time, sometimes it's better to have a bunch of good players than a few great players because you talk about the depth and everybody in the NFL depth is going to be tested at some point this year. And, you know, because the Jets have a bunch of good players, yeah, I think they'll be able to withstand because, yeah, you lose a very Tucker and it's tough, but he was filling in for Noah, uh, for George Fant, who may be returning, you know, sometime soon. We'll see after the, you know, after the uh, bye week. But, you know, he should be getting closer. You know, he didn't have a season in the injury. And then Max Mitchell. I mean, so you still have an opportunity to have good pieces. You know, you can't replace Vera Tucker, but, you know, Fant and, and Max Mitchell would be, you know, a, still a substantial increase in what the Jets have, you know, maybe going this week against the Patriots. You know, just having experience and having, you know, guys that were filling in to go back to their natural roles and be swing guys. That's the that's the beauty of being able to have versatility and, and, and players that can play on the inside, play on the outside, whether it's receiver, running back, safety, linebacker. You know, it's important because this game nowadays is about who can last the longest with the best quality pieces and be able to try and win. What's next for Zach Wilson? 4-0 and as a starter. Uh, Robert Sala being asked this week if he's concerned about the pass game. The Jets, I should say, have faced the NFL's two top pass defenses over the last two weeks in the Green Bay Packers and the Denver Broncos. So we have to take that into consideration. And there's that element of the ground and pound working for this team that has great defense paired with excellent special teams right now. I mean, listen, they, they found a formula, but I think you're going to ask Zach Wilson to do a little bit more now, right? Because you can't just say, hey, we're going to get 150 yards, you know, 120 yards, you know, from Brees in big plays, right? So now you, you may have to ground upon it. You know, I remember in this town, you know, it's a team that had three good running backs. And they, they used it to wear their opponent's defense down. They were consistent with running the ball. When you think about, you know, Brandon Jacobs, I believe Ward and Bradshaw. I mean, I think they have that dynamic. They have two big bruising backs, you know, Ty Johnson, you know, Robinson, and now, you know, Michael Carter. You, you just try and break them down and, like, see what if Zach can make plays behind. And I think Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and, and Mims, everybody kind of steps up and everybody's going to get more of an opportunity to get touches. You know, so if you're complaining about touches or you weren't satisfied with the touches that you were getting, well, those, you know, 18 and 19 touches are not available. Who's going to step up? you know, from a playmaking standpoint and, and say, hey, give those to me. I can, I, can, I can do something with those. This is the first time since 2001, 21 years that the Jets 
have a two-game lead in the division over the New England Patriots. Yes, the Jets aren't in first place in the division, but with that being said, they're going to face a Patriots team that is three and four. And you have an opportunity ahead of you Sunday at MetLife Stadium to increase that gap even to three games, Bart. What do you think about the situation, the dynamic with the Jets and the Patriots right now? I mean, the game plan is really, right, this is a team that's had your number and they're rebuilding. They're trying to figure out who they're going to be going forward after they lost they're arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. So you want to you want to you want to put all that pressure on them that they put on you for over the years, and you want to try and make sure that you can go up by three games. And then when you see them in a couple of weeks, you go up by four games. And then that's one less thing you have to worry about. You bury them, right? And you you make sure that hey man, like all the teams that were beating us, you know, 0 and 12 in the division the last couple of years or 0 and 6, you take care of business and you you inflict that pain and that disappointment that they inflicted on you for the last couple of seasons. And that's about maturity, right? You can't go in there emotionally. You got to go in there to get the job done. And you understand that it's a doable, it's a task that is doable. Uh, you saw yesterday, you know, the, the Chicago Bears, you know, who is a team that's on a rebuild, come up and take advantage and punch this team in the mouth. So now you understand that it's going to be a little bit more personal because this is a rivalry game. This is a divisional game. They know you, you know them. But uh, reintroduce yourself to them because they may think that you're a certain way and that things are still copacetic, that they have your number, show them that you um, think different. Can that have a lasting impact, the way they lost on Monday Night Football? 33-14, to 14, a lot of people would say that game wasn't as close as the score would indicate. The Bears had an opportunity to put in a touchdown at the end, and they kneeled the ball down. Uh, the reason why I ask you that is because it's interesting. Last year in New England, the Patriots hung 50-plus on the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tide is totally turned when you're looking yeah. at these teams. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm the Jets, I'm trying to inflict that pain. And if I have an opportunity to run the score up, you know, I'm going to run the score up, right? I mean, like I said, it's, it's, no, it's no sportsmanship among rivals. Like, they hate you, you hate them. You know, when, they, when they're up, they take advantage. When you're up, you take advantage. Make them feel some of that pain. Use that as motivation, how they embarrass you last year and make sure that they feel embarrassed and but more more than that make sure that you walk out with the victory right because that's the best way to to kind of serve that revenge is cold if you can put up 50 you put up 50 but if you can win 3-0 that's 3-0 you do what you have to do and i'm gonna put the challenge on the defensive line to step up because last week it was the defensive backs that stepped up and really carried the carried the um the water so to speak so it's time for this d-line to step up and have a great game and a, a quarterback that's mobile but not Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts type of mobile, you should be able to get to him and win at the line of scrimmage. You know, look at Troy Brown. He struggled yesterday. You know, you try and make sure that he doesn't get right because you know that practice is going to be tough for them on a short week, but it's going to be tough for them because you're looking at, you know, Bill Belichick being embarrassed, guys getting called out in film study. You know, they're going to come out and you're going to get their best effort because they were embarrassed in front of national television and they're going to try and come back and, and get retribution and really against a team that people think are the darling, you know, good story to have in the Jets. What's the biggest surprise in the NFL right now? You got the New York teams who have combined, I believe, with an 11-3 record. You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady struggling to put any kind of points on the board. You have Aaron Rodgers uh, under 500, and they're facing the Buffalo Bills this week. Uh, when you look at, at you got the Patriots who are three and four. Biggest surprise in the NFL right now. I mean, the biggest surprise to me is Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks are 
first in the division. Um, you know, Kenneth Walker, somebody who I'm very familiar with, you know, got a late start, but, you know, he was going to push Brees, you know, for rookie of the year anyway. Uh, he's a dynamic back. You know, they were one and two in the draft, one and two in the Big Ten. And um, he's playing at a high level, 168 yards. Geno Smith is one of the most accurate quarterbacks, QBR rating, top five, I believe. And we thought this was a rebuild year where maybe Seattle was going to play for a future quarterback and a high draft pick. But it looks to me like they're right where they need to be. And it's crazy the fact that maybe Seattle's pick is going to be lower than the one that they're going to get from Denver. The one from Denver may be the one that allows them to get a quarterback if they want or get a premium player. That can be a top five pick. And their pick may be a top 15 pick or 20. That, that would be crazy. Uh, and the Jets do meet the Seahawks out in the Pacific Northwest week 17. And both those teams could figure into the playoff picture. I don't think a lot of people thought that before the season. Final thought here. The Brickishaw Ferguson entering the ring of honor Sunday at MetLife Stadium. A former teammate of yours, a kid who grew up in Freeport on Long Island, I think he missed one snap due to a trick play throughout his career. The anchor at left tackle for 10 seasons for this team. Your thoughts? Yeah, our man in class personified. I think he's very deserving. I'm happy for him. I uh, wish I could be there, but unfortunately, I'm going to be covering the game, but I'll be there in spirit. Uh, one of the best teammates I've ever been around, not only a champion on the field, but off the field and what he did around his neighborhood in Covenant House, you know, to, to really attack um, teenage homelessness. You know, I was part of, you know, his work sometimes within the community. Um, couldn't be more proud of him and happy that um, he gets his award and he gets to get his flowers. All right, brother. You remain a champion in our eyes as well. We'll see you next week. Appreciate it.